Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, managing editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the weekly debrief, as always, by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be here in the new year. Happy New Year, indeed. You survived your uh, trip to Iowa, it sounds like, and I did. Um... And was glad that I left on the day of Christmas Eve because there were a lot of vehicles on the side of the road. And clearly the previous night or two had been rough on Interstate 80. So. Yeah, let's not. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to think about how cold and windy and just generally nasty it was right there before Christmas. So, um, yeah, well, it is great. Great to be here in the new year. Happy 2023 to everyone. Uh, we'll dive right in with our insider story spotlight on the weekly debrief. That's a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that. Your support helps make our work possible. Uh, if you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of the stories on our website discounted event emissions, and some other benefits. So please do consider that. Uh, go to biztimes.com, find the subscribe button, and join us. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? We have an interesting story about a company in Racine called Intermed. It's a manufacturer of dental products. They've filed a lawsuit in federal court against a former employee, alleging that that this former employee uh, signed a, a restricted unit grant agreement with the company, which barred him from discussing any confidential information um, at any point after he left the company. He then leaves the company, according to these allegations, goes to work for another company, and now this Racine company, Intermed, is saying that that company that their former employee went to all of a sudden was developing products that they felt was were were taken from them was the, their intellectual property so um it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out the former employee of intermed no longer works for this other company and uh no one's talking beyond the uh the legal filings so far by intermed so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out but uh, you know, a, a potentially dicey story about protecting intellectual property, how you handle an employee that leaves a company and promises to leave their, leave what they learned, leave your trade secrets behind. And then you feel they've taken those trade secrets to another company. How does all that play out? And is the, are these allegations, does there merit to these allegations? We shall see how it plays out. We will be following this case. Yeah, certainly. Always interesting cases and and while they're you know they're they're interesting for the details. Um I think also for our listeners and for our readers, I think it's always interesting to maybe that's a good reminder to take a little closer look at how you handle things in your company. Do you are you yeah. set up? Are you protected? Do you feel like you're in a good position? Um whether it's something like this or we had a case, you know, another case recently of um, some embezzlement that we wrote about. Um, you know, think about how you're handling things. 
Yeah. How do you prepare to protect yourself from these situations? My insider story spotlight is focused in on the latest Marquette ISM report on manufacturing. Um, it's a monthly report that we tend to track pretty closely because uh, it gives us a gauge of how the manufacturing sector in southeastern Wisconsin is performing. Uh, gives us an indication of whether it's expanding or it's contracting. And for the last few months, it is, continues to contract. Um, and it's just generally been trending downward really over the last six months, the last year. Um, it's been heading in, in a downward direction and, and, uh, the last three months in a row, um, and five of the last six, it's been in the, the territory that's considered, uh, contraction. It's, but it measures, you know, uh, numbers. The, the, the index comes in around 50. Uh, numbers above 50 indicate growth. Sector's expanding. If it's below 50, it suggests the sector is contracting. Uh, December came in at 45.42. Slight improvement. Very slight, uh, from November. Um, but still in that negative below 50 territory. I think the really interesting part was have this, the one of the components of it is looks at new orders and there's a sharp drop in new orders, a sharp increase in inventories and a drop in order backlogs. Um, which all points to kind of demand for manufactured products, uh, kind of drying up a little bit. Uh, which is certainly concerning, and we have heard plenty of talk about potential recession and, and things like that. So uh, interesting data points. Um, it's the only good news maybe is the executives surveyed for it were a little less pessimistic about the next six months than they were in November, uh, but they're still pessimistic. So um, <laughs> not not necessarily good news uh, when you're you're that's what you're looking for for uh, a bright spot. Yeah, right. Um, like you said, we track this index regularly to give our readers a gauge on what's going on in manufacturing in the Milwaukee area. Um, and you, know, you look back, it plunged at the onset of the pandemic and then made pretty steady improvement from there to like, uh, like March of 2021. You know, you just said, the latest rating was 45 March of 2021. It was above 65. So that index rose pretty steadily from its, like I said, from the pandemic onset. But then since then it's been on a long, you know, there's some, some months where it grew, but it's been in a decline. And now really the last several months it's been in, kind of underwater, like you said, in the, in the contraction territory. So that is not an encouraging sign for the direction of the, of the economy and particularly the area's manufacturing sector. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for our big story this week, shifting gears here, uh, we wanted to uh, start the new year out, taking a look ahead and kind of talking about some of the, stories that we'll be tracking and, and following closely as the year plays out. Um, so, Andrew, why don't you kick us off uh, with story number one, top story you're kind of paying close attention to as we head here into 2023. Yeah, I don't know if it's my top story, but it's definitely a main, a, a big story. And it's a continuation of what we were covering a lot of 
2022 and 2021, Kohl's, it's, it, it's, it's a topic that's come up again and again on this podcast. Well, it's still a big story. And it's a big story now because they're looking for a new CEO. Um, we've talked a lot about how Kohl's has activist investors who have been unhappy with the performance of the company, who have been unhappy about the, the stock price, who have pushed for leadership changes. They've pushed for changes on the board, <clears throat> getting only a small amount of of headway there. There was a push to sell the company that was considered, supposedly, <laughs> but they the leadership decided not to sell the company. Um, but there continued to be calls for leadership change. And then finally, late last year, CEO Michelle Goss decides she's having had enough of all this, evidently, and leaves Kohl's to go to Levi's. So now you have Kohl's seeking to find a new CEO, and it's going to be very interesting to see who the new CEO is and what direction that person takes the company. Um, there have been a lot of other C-suite positions that have turned over in the last year at Kohl's as well. So so there's a changing of the, of the guard there, but in particular with the CEO. And, you know, you're still looking at the same board. You know, man, there was a push by investors to change the board last year and the incumbent board was reelected. So you still have the same board. You still have, presumably they're going to choose a CEO that wants to lead the company in the same direction that Michelle Goss was, but we'll see, we'll see who they, who they select to to lead that company and, and where it goes from here. Yeah. You have to imagine that everything that's played out over the past you know, however many months, years with Kohl's and, and the activist investors, that has to shape the kind of candidate pool they can can get and yeah. attract to this position. And whoever is gonna get the job uh better have either they're either they're gonna be on board with what the activists want to do or they better have a clear vision of what they want to do. Um and maybe the in line with the vision that the uh previous management had, but um, you better know what you want to do here. And I guess the interesting part for our region is, okay, once a new CEO is selected, then what? Then mm-hmm. what does that mean for Cole's, you know, one of the pushes was for real estate changes. Well, what does that mean there? What does that mean? There's, you know, several thousand employees in the state uh, for Cole's. Uh, what does it mean? Announced plans for a downtown um store location. They're going to be one of these smaller format stores that they're working on. What, what happens to that by the end of this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens to that smaller format store program and specifically the one in Milwaukee? Um, all kind of, you know, knock on questions that that will be shaped by uh, the person picked to be the next CEO of Kohl's. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll be, we'll be following that one closely. Absolutely. Uh, story number two. Or not, like you said, not necessarily top, but the second on here on the list of, of yeah, stories so that we're following one, in 2022. Another one I'll highlight. Another one I'll highlight. Um, and it's another big name, iconic, important Milwaukee area company. And it's Harley Davidson. And I think you have to go back to last year where you had the CEO, Jacques Zeitz, say, telling Bloomberg that 
oh, we're uh, we're planning to repurpose the uh, the corporate headquarters in Milwaukee on, on the city's west side and saying that, well, since the onset of the pandemic, that facility really hasn't been fully utilized, that Harley has strongly embraced workplace flexibility, work from home options, hybrid work, and that that because of that, there's not a huge emphasis or need for them to use the headquarters like they used to. I think they had something like a thousand employees there. And so they, he indicated that there was going to be a repurposing. Well, what does that mean exactly? And then there were some follow-up statements in which he said the company is committed to Milwaukee and stuff like that. And that, you know, indications were made that there would be a significant investment in the headquarters or in in the neighborhood on the west side of the city, but no specifics. Like, what does all this mean? What is really happening there with this? So that's really fascinating, certainly concerning for a lot of city and civic officials here. I think Harley has tried to reassure them that they're still going to have a major presence here, but until we get details, I don't really know. And I, I, I'm, I'm concerned for one. Then all this is happening on, on the backdrop of the Harley 120th anniversary celebration will be occurring uh, in Milwaukee this year. And as we know, when those events are held, which Harley has been holding those every five years for the last several major anniversary milestones, and now going forward, it's going to be every year, which is great. But those are really important events with a huge amount of people coming to Milwaukee and a huge economic impact. So that's something to be really excited about. But what's going on at the headquarters? How, how much of a Milwaukee headquarters does Harley still really have? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, the open question. And the... And the good news is there's still, I mean, there's still a lot of employees in the region from the Park Development Center, the powertrain operations on Pilgrim Road, um, things like that. But, you know, like you said, the changing world with remote and hybrid work. Um, I think there was, uh, if I recall correctly, uh, some sort of some filings. It was certified survey map doing mm-hmm. some division of property around there. So maybe there's there's a fair amount of parking over there, and actually in recent years did some work to open up a little more parking. So maybe there's something that they do um, with some of that extra space. Also, an interesting Harley angle to pay attention to uh, is the spinoff of Livewire into mm. its own publicly traded company, um, which happened last year. Um, Harley still owns a pretty healthy stake in that company. Um, well over the majority and it kind of, it, I'm pretty sure gets reported. Jakin Zeitz is the CEO of that company too. So, um, it's not like they're totally separate really, but, um, well, you know, the continued, um, development of the electric motorcycle line in business is another thing they pay attention to. Uh, our final story, uh, to track for the year, um, and it's one, I mean, really we track this every year, right? The, the economy. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, every year we're wondering where's the economy headed? Where's it going? Uh, but this year 
feels particularly relevant to, to, to highlight it, to, to pull out as something that we're to call it a storyline of the year. Um, because we have, there's the line I keep using is uncertainty. Um, because there's a question over where do things go? Do we get a soft landing? Do we get a recession? Do we get like a really deep recession? What ends up happening? Uh, it's kind of an open question and there's lots of different trend lines pointing in different directions. You have a labor market that's relatively healthy. You have um, inflation seems to have cooled off, but you have the Federal Reserve has hiked interest rates, um, which is uh, most noticeably probably hampered the the housing market, which had been super red hot. Um, Lots of, you know, we hear lots of layoffs in the tech sector, especially, you know, um, some of the, the major companies that maybe, you know, Grew a little too fast. Um, be interesting to see where the economy goes. Um, hard to make heads or tails of it sometimes. Yeah. Um, particularly because, um, we're coming out of a pandemic that threw the economy into turmoil and resulted in shutdowns. It resulted in a lot of government stimulus spent to try to get us through the shutdowns. And there's a lot of debate over what was done to to deal with all that. That there are we're seeing economic ramifications, supply chain disruptions, a lot of all these things kind of going back to that pandemic. Um, we've got our annual economic trends event coming up on January 26th, and our annual economic trends report coming up on January 23rd. As we do each year, we feature economist Michael Knetter at that event and in that economic trends report. And to give a sneak preview about some of the things he's going to say, I can I can tell you that he's going to talk about how just we're in an extremely unique economic situation that we've just never really seen before. And we haven't had in our lifetimes coming out of a pandemic like this and everything that was done to deal with that. And so... It's it's unprecedented for our lifetimes to to handle an economic situation like this. What's what's particularly fascinated me with it is, you know, with everything happening with inflation and concerns about that, and then you've got interest rates rising to attack that, and the assumption that a lot of the effect of that will be felt this year, and a lot of predictions of an economy or a recession setting in um, this year because of that. But the one thing I just keep looking at is that labor market, that extremely strong labor market. Now, you mentioned the tech sector doing layoffs. So that is a concern. But we haven't we haven't seen a lot of layoffs other than that. So you look at all the the numbers as far as unemployment. And I think we had another good national jobs report uh, for December. Um, the labor market is just still really, really strong. So what kind of what kind of recession? Do you have with extremely low unemployment? That is really sort of bizarre. You're, you know, usually a recession, you think of people being out of work. So, but of course, the labor market is causing problems for businesses who are having trouble hiring people that they need to grow their companies. So it's the tight labor market is definitely not all good. So, how will it all play out? Um is going to be very interesting to see, and there's a lot of concerns, and well, so we'll be following it very, very closely, but I 
encourage everyone to check out the economic trends event and the economic trends issue coming up here later this month to see what uh get some ideas for what to look for in the new year absolutely yeah biztimes.com slash annual dash events will help you get registered for that event please do consider attending and please do consider coming back next week to listen to us on the biztimes mk podcast and the weekly debrief until then talk to you later andrew all right this is dan meyer with biztimes media you've been listening to the biztimes mke podcast For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.